Hello and welcome to another episode of, to be honest, a show with a clown, a duck, and a degenerate. Well, actually, no, Nerd's back. I forgot to include Nerd. The inmates are no longer (laughs) running the asylum. Stop making that moment. (laughs) I wasn't sure if I was the duck or the degenerate. Welcome back, Nerd. Uh, Very good to have you back. Very good to have you back. Uh, You've been sorely missed. But you were working on this fantastic video that I've just finished um, the other day. Well, yesterday. 45 minutes long. All about this guy, Gary V. Oh, you liked it. Thank you. I wasn't wasn't sure, actually. I didn't know. No, I really uh... liked it. I really liked it. I love the uh, It's Always Sunny. Yeah, that's my favorite part. That struck me at the last minute. And then once... Once I went down that path of, it just, of, uh, just lining up. Yeah, it was like, holy shit. There were all these Eureka <laughs> moments of like, and then this lines up and then this lines up. Like his art looks the same. Yeah. The art, which basically on the show. So the joke about Charlie is that he's uh, like illiterate and he's had a really hard life. He lives basically in under the bar with rats and uh, spiders and things like that. And he you know whenever he writes something down it's it's incredibly broken english or it's in hieroglyphics basically where he draws them with crayons and their little pictures and those pictures that play for a laugh on the show are what sold for 150 million dollars in crypto land so like it and that doesn't play for a joke in in the digital collectible space like this must be taken seriously christie's auction house has curated it you know where it must be treated with like you know the utmost respect of museum quality historical figure quality doodles um, but as far as the as far as the comparison about between him and charlie there's like the voice is the same the uh that weird <laughs> it actually well, is that high that was the funniest part honestly <laughs> was the fact that they actually sounded so like weaselly and identical yeah and then him pitching uh him pitching the technology of cats talking to spiders was so similar to Gary explaining NFTs to the public. <laughs> it's like, it's the same pitch. I mean, I think there's one part in the video where Gary V is just drawing literally doodles himself and then he's selling it for like an enormous amount of money. That was his entire projects were all like doodles, V friends. It was like- How much have those doodles decreased in price since he originally tried to shill them? About, about like 90%. The, they were $40,000 at the height, and now a lot of them are like $4,000. it's still way too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, for a doodle. Way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I didn't mention in the video that I think is key to understanding how the price got so high is he introduced a concept for auctions that people had no experience with because he was trying to maximize how much money he made off of this and how high the initial price was. So he used a Dutch auction. A reverse Dutch auction, I believe. So what people thought, and with the way he explained it and the way you would understand if you Googled it, is that, so it's a way to keep people from colluding. It's like a, it's an auction strategy that keeps two parties from colluding together to set a price that's artificially low. So the solution basically requires everybody to bid what would be the maximum amount that you're willing to pay for this. And so what everyone thought was going to happen is okay, well, I'm just putting in like a silent bid that no one, you know, it's like poker or something where they don't know what I've bid. I don't know what they've bid. And whoever has the highest bid gets it at the price that they need to beat the second highest bid. And the way Gary made it without really making this clear is if whatever your maximum bid was, if you were the top bidder, he took all of that. 
So if you were like, well, I'll just bid a hundred that way I make sure I win. Cause you know, maybe the next guy will bet 75 and I'll just, I just want to make sure I win. He took a hundred, even though the number two guy was only 75. So at an auction, you know, you would go 76 and the guy who's at 75 would be unwilling to go to 76. So you win at 76. You know what I'm saying? He took your maximum bid, like your secret. Oh man, what would I pay if I really, really like, what's the most I have? And he took that. So that's part of why they started off being worth a lot is a lot of people who had a lot of Ethereum just wanted to make sure they got one and they ended up paying the maximum secret bid that they would have made. I mean, he's pretty much the quintessential snake oil salesman. Would you say that that's a fair assessment of his character there? What's kind of interesting about him is like Ryan and I, I guess we maybe we had a soft spot for something about him where we didn't really go that hard on him in in the research leading up to this. We just kind of thought, well, he's got he's made a convention that's real and people showed up to it and it wasn't awful like Tanacon. Nobody passed out. It seemed to be safe, you know. Everyone seemed to have a pretty good time. So it's like, all right, well that's real. And everything else was a scam. So it's like, all right, well, the guy who made the convention, I mean, like, he's the good example. And then when, when I looked into it, a couple things kind of set me off at the last minute in this video where, you know, I, I wasn't even intending to make a Gary Vee video. Yeah, you were saying that to me. Did you end up almost reworking it? Like it was originally going to be more about the whole cryptosphere and then you were like actually gary v needs to be <laughs> shown for his crime it's honestly something that happened in editing because i had recorded live what does a i had recorded live i posed the question something like what does a tulip mania look like because this sounds very abstract well it looks like these books and so i just meant to show a bunch of those books on screen but then once i started looking into those pictures of the books and what they were promised and the videos that he made to them encouraging them like wh what they had seen in order to buy the books what they thought they were going to get once i finally unraveled the like the loss of money that happened there for all of those people that's when it it, it swallowed the rest of the video and it became like gary v till the end <laughs> he reminds me of those evangelical scammers from like the early 90s 2000s and like if you give the church money jesus will give you 10 times the money back in the future and he essentially manipulates people into putting their life savings into these ridiculous schemes that all inevitably fail for everyone who invests in them, except him, of course. It's a fake motivational and aspirational content. It's terrible. It's delusional. Um, you're telling someone, so like one of the examples in the, in the clip that like Tim Dillon is laughing at is he's saying, if anybody ever did it, then you can too. Now that's an absolutely nonsensical thing to tell someone. You know, you're, it, it sounds good the way he's delivering it, but what that means is like someone dribbling a soccer ball around on the field and you're saying like, you know, you can hit this shot from back here because, you know, Ronaldo did it or, you know, you can bend that in, whatever. Or you can hand someone a bat and, and say like, well, you could hit 50 home runs for the Yankees because it's happened before. Roger Maris did it. You know, Babe Ruth did it. You could do it too. So, of course, there are a number of reasons why you can't, but he's he just it feels good to be told that you could. You know, so he gives very generic motivational advice that, hey, look, if you and see, I think there's a type of guy that that Gary Vee and other people who he's frequently seen with, they're serving the role of a boss or like an Internet dad where they you've got people who are working for themselves who normally like needed the safety of being told what they should do for the next day 
for the next hour, for the next day, next week, next month. Like they need someone else's plan. They want someone else to tell them everything's going to be okay. This, you're going to have a steady paycheck. It's going to be fine. And these guys, that's what comes with a normal job is the, the regularity, the safety of being part of a system. And when you go start working in the gig economy or trying to start a business, you don't have that support anymore. You don't have a mentor. So they become this like this figure that maybe your boss would have been or a teacher would have been. And uh, people pay for his time. You know, like they give away a lot of free inspiration. But and I don't, Gary Vee didn't do this. I don't think I don't think he did MLMs the way that like Ty Lopez does. That guy who does knowledge, you know, the big meme. He's selling here like in my a garage. Yeah, his business would be like selling a phone call one hour a month with him. And there are people that will are they're willing to pay three thousand dollars for that because they need to talk to some figure who will tell them that their idea is good and they should keep going. Well, yeah, as you pointed out in the video, I mean, in terms of like promotion via his Twitter or his other social media, I mean, it's just really not worth it because he gets so few impressions and engagement on these tweets right less than any of us here so it's just worth absolutely nothing the dog shit engagement if it was the first time he did it if it was the first time he shilled another scammer let's call him that i'd be like yeah okay maybe that's worth something but if he's going to keep doing it it's completely devalued just like nfts themselves the more he makes the less they're worth too much supply that's right yeah it's gary gary's one of these guys that in so like you know how we get overwhelmed with these um these youtubers like if we try to do a video on whether it's jay station or jake paul or lele ponds or logan paul or something it's like you run into this wall where there's so much content that you're drowning in it like you can't you can't watch it all and then you can't keep up with what they're doing every day it's like they're literally the isn't enough time. case didn't you guys watch it all that's <laughs> yeah. the crazy thing is we did do that with j station but that's probably yeah. why part two is still and that's why out. yeah that's why it <laughs> took so long it's a team effort but uh but with uh with gary v so he he tries to and there's calls where you see him trying to basically mentor people into doing this he's telling them to just flood the internet with content and so he doesn't care about having high numbers you know, like this, this would be Dolan's nightmare, you know, or Pyro's nightmare. They don't want to have a tweet that doesn't have 20,000 likes. They're like, fuck, I fell off. Gary would be, be like, who cares? <laughs> you know, I want two, I want 2000 tweets if I could make them that all get 20 likes because they want to make constant impressions and reach different people. At the same time, he's also constantly applying pressure via FOMO, you know, this fear of missing out. So if you don't buy now, then you're going to miss out on making a lot of money. He's also promising happiness and like relationships as well. What did he mean by relationships, by the way? Just like a relationship with someone or a relationship with meant- like another investor or something like that. Yes, that. So I think to be fair, what he meant is like you'll join his Discord and you'll within the community there of people who all gave their money to Gary Vee, you'll meet other like-minded people and you guys will form friendships and hang out. And I think that's, that's fair to say that's true. It happens in, you know, the TBH discord. It happens in dead avatar project and anybody's community, people who share a similar interest, like you'll strike up a real friendship. Like maybe you'll end up hanging out outside of that. It's such a weird thing to incentivize though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We would never say it for our patron. Like imagine if we did it, like join the patron today. It's only $5 a month. I mean, this is a perfect way to shill it actually. $5 $5 a month and you will make lasting friends for the rest I of your life. I would say, please do not hang out. Like you people need to be as isolated from each other as possible. <laughs> like I think that's a very dangerous recommendation. Please do not have friendships yeah. outside of that server. In fact, the less you talk with each other, the better. You're all very dangerous. <laughs>
I think it only works in his favor to say that because, okay, well, this is one of my questions. Do you think that many of the people that fall for his scams are incentivized to keep supporting and defending him against, you know, those like yourself, those that would criticize him? Because if he fails, then by proxy, they fail and also lose money. Yes. And I think this is something that um, that is both like a potential benefit and a downside of um, depending on what your perspective is of the way that the Internet is developing, because think of like a Tesla, um, a Tesla fanboy. They own Tesla stock. And so when you come out criticizing Elon Musk with a hit piece, they're going to be in your replies telling you that this is hack bullshit go away because they literally are invested in Elon you know, in his future, like Tesla is so closely tied to Elon that they like stand him, you know? So you could say the same people, you could say the same thing about the project that I'm building. Like I've, I am going to create, you know, additional sort of nerd city fans that like they've collected something that they don't want it to fail, you know, but, but also we said this on another podcast, you could say the same thing about just someone who's recommended a channel, you know, like if someone's like, Hey, Pyro's good. And then Pyro has allegations against him. They're going to be like, no, he's still good. Like, fuck you. Don't criticize him. But I feel to a far less extent, because obviously there's no financial motivation in that. There's no financial barrier to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For these people's cases, I mean, they've invested, like you point out in your video, their life savings, you know, they're down to nothing. So, of course, they're incentivized to support Gary Vee no matter what. I think it gets dangerous into the higher amounts. You know, it goes from someone who's... um, they they're risking their reputation which is you know that's a that's an abstract value they then would be risking a few hundred dollars okay that's you know they've invested in a penny stock or something they've invested forty thousand dollars several times even it's like they that's really you know that's a house that's their kids future they are talking about generational wealth at that point you know do you think that on average most of the people falling for these scams are both poor and stupid. There's a few different type of people that that listen to Gary Vee that make up his audience. There are people who are who are already wealthy entrepreneurs who are just trying to get to the next level, and then there are people who are aspiring entrepreneurs and are just waiting for an idea. And so he's talking to people that are also manipulators who have done very well, and then he's talking to people who have no idea what's going on, and you could tell them to do something and they're going to do it if you pay attention to them. Would you say the former is the minority or the majority? I think I saw a pretty fair split between houses that, well, I shouldn't say a fair split. I did see some houses that clearly looked like nice and finished. Um, and those, I guess, were people who, you know, maybe they could lose the price of a Mercedes Benz and it wouldn't kill them. They didn't have to put it on a credit card. And then there's the people who he's talking to when he says, put this on your credit card. And I, no- I noticed yeah. that in the caption of his launch. And that disturbed me because that's, at that point, you're you're having somebody spend money that they don't even have. So that is that is someone that can't afford it or they literally probably wouldn't put it on a credit card, right? You know, one thing, you and you might be able to say, well, you can tell by how few of them have sold as it became worth a lot of money that they can afford to keep it. But number one, the price has crashed. And number two, he bullies the floor. So he, if you have listed something and it's one of the cheaper prices, uh, I, I'm going to talk about this in a later video. I didn't talk about this yet. He pings at everyone on the ser- This is what set me off, actually. I think this is where I was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> okay. So he doesn't just let the market do what it does. If you've set the floor, like let's say it was um, 
the cheapest one was 11 ETH. So it was $33,000. And you're like, all right, this is 10X what I paid. I got to get out. I got to get out of this. I need to, you know, take some profits. I got to pay bills, whatever. If you set a, uh, an ask price, so you're not selling into a bid. You're just saying, all right, look, if someone will give me this, I'll take it. And you put, you put one of those up. Gary was pinging everyone and then linking to it and saying, this person is fucking up. So he was humiliating them in front of all of their V friends. <laughs> yes, that's so vindictive. I mean, it's just such an insidious trap he's forced them into. And when they're trying to get out of the trap that he set for them, he's mocking them yeah. almost or encouraging others to mock and bully and harass these people trying to get out of the trap. I cannot believe it's happening again. Floor, you're fucking up. Specials, you're fucking up so heavy, makes me vomit. I mean, I guess that leads on to my next question. Obviously, most people, myself included, would feel sorry for someone who didn't have a lot of money and then got scammed by someone like Gary Vee or scammed by another scammer. But should we feel sorry for someone that was just simply an idiot? Obviously shouldn't have bought into this scam. Should we feel sorry for someone that stupid? I would say yes, because we, we run into that same problem um, when we're talking about like young audiences that watch content where they don't know whether it's real or not. Um, you know, are some of these kids probably dumb? Yes. I feel like age is different. Maturity is different to stupidity. Yeah. I know, but just because someone turns 18 doesn't mean I want to see them like exploited. So I still feel bad. I don't think that someone deserves like just because they fell for a scam that they deserve to be scammed because it happens to old people. It happens to the oldest people. I thought, I thought a lot of the people being scammed by Gary Vee were like almost middle-aged people or like not like early 20s or teens. Were they not more older people? Yeah, I would be surprised if the majority ended up being 60 plus. You know, old age pensions. Well, just think about who needs to hear who needs to hear a message that goes, "If anybody ever did it, then you can too." Mm. You're gonna you're gonna attract people that like maybe they struggle with depression, maybe they um, they're having trouble. They they want to be successful. They want to take care of their family, but they just don't have it in them. And so they need someone to kind of work them up into like a, a sort of like emotional amphetamine high of manically being like i can do this raw and so like that's the type of person it's someone who doesn't have that drive in them and that needs to be sort of topped up and have someone hit the gas so those are those tend to not be successful people i think i think i agree with you purely based on the fact it's such an easy out for a scammer like gary v to just say it's your own fault because you're stupid i mean i feel like that's such an easy out for the scammer isn't it it's definitely some of their fault but I would say most of the fault lies with the person who was scamming. Now, on that topic, one of the biggest critics of crypto and, and of NFTs was uh, Hassan Piker. He's one of these people. He's put out several videos that, um, you know, his clip channel has titled, All Cryptos Are a Scam. I hate all cryptocurrency. I hate NFTs. They, like, he's got a lot in the algorithm on this topic. So in this video, he goes... He sounds very empathetic and he goes, guys, I don't want you to lose your money. I don't. I really don't want you to lose your money. And I watch that and I'm like, all right, you know, this is a guy who really thinks his audience is going to lose money. And they probably would have if they bought at the peak. It's like, this is a fair take. Like, and then 
I watched more content by him and he's really enjoying when people lose money and he changed, he completely changed his tune. The mask slipped and he's like, I, I love this. He's like, this is fucking awesome, bro. I love seeing these people lose money. It's like, wait a minute. So that, that brings me to what was so frustrating about trying to work on this content and listening to the criticism of it is you've got people who they've decided for whatever reason that tokenized art and nfts is the other team this is something bad and i don't want this to happen and so the end justifies the means if the end is that no one does this i want to see everyone lose their money and i can't i can't get there like i don't want the scams to happen period and i don't want it to end because there were scams and everybody got scammed like I, the end does not justify the means for me in that way. It's it's like socialism and Marxism and communism is the shared ideology between the people who I said did a I would say did a bulk of the explanation of why crypto and NFTs are bad. Whether it's Dan Olson and the line goes up, he's admittedly influenced by Marxism and Karl Marx. Sam Piker is like the worst example because I think it's pretty well documented. I mean, there's a lot of evidence out there that he's a total hypocrite. He's probably got like a million invested in crypto. I can't stand that guy. Yeah, he's so, he's <laughs> such a fucking fraud. I remember on a previous podcast, he said something, because he, he'd said something like, uh, oh, good, I'm glad the queen died. And you were like, what is this guy's problem? And I felt that way before. And it's like, this is the explanation. Here's what his problem is. Because what is bad to him ranks higher than being like a misogynist, awful, anti-humanist shithead, he wants to just kind of like discourage the idea of what would it be. Colonialism and what is it called when you're an apologist for the throne? You're a... A loyalist. So, so like he, he thinks that's bad. And so he wants to criticize the idea of royalty and, and uh, colonialism and that kind of thing. And so he was saying like, I'm glad the queen's dead. Like, oh, fuck the queen. Why'd you call it what happened to Nerd City? I think it was because... Um, I was like typing into typing into the the search bar on Chrome like Nerd City YouTube because I needed to like download one of my own videos and I saw that the autocomplete said something like where's Nerd City or what happened to Nerd City. You could have also cuz like you said you kind of changed the direction of the video. You might have had more of an explanation originally, but then you went so hard on Gary V that you were like, "Wait, I didn't really answer." <laughs> the title yeah, of the video. that's exactly right. You're right, and I forgot that too. So the beginning of the an opening monologue at first, I was going to say like, I promised I was going to look at this trend of digital collectibles, and there was so much scamming and bad shit that I it's it was more than any one channel could keep up with, and I tried yeah. to, you know, like Coffeezilla was doing a, a pretty damn good job at calling out like the the largest, most complex, highest. Uh, loss scams and behind the scenes I was even talking with him about that and you know yeah. Ryan and I were helping him find wallet addresses and stuff you know we were in cahoots on some of those investigations but then he was coming out with videos and and I was looking into things that he didn't have time to look into and it just got to be so much that it's like part of what happened is I just got swamped in what I thought would be this fun project where I would make some, <laughs> yeah. I would make some cards with Max Mofo. A couple Mofo. month project and then two years <laughs> yeah. later, you're like, whoopsie. <laughs> Cause everything turned out to be a fucking scam. That's the yeah. problem. Like there was no, do you remember when, uh, so Colossal asked actors. me, Colossal asked me like, what's a good example of a project? 
And I was thinking like of PFP projects. And you really, you really fucking struggled to think of an answer I for that question because there were, yeah, there it was like a one. minute of me thinking about it. Like, it. And then I finally I think there was were like, two, right? I f- remember there being like two. That's all I remember. You could, yeah, I don't even want to mention them again it, because they turned out to be not good. Oh, really? Did they actually? <laughs> yeah. Did they actually not end up? going anywhere as well uh, they ended up disappointing the okay. the people who were hoping they would they would um deliver a better product or they would um so one of them I, that i mentioned before one of the things they were promised was they would own the ip of the uh of the owl that they were buying and the project just retracted that they were like sorry we can't give that to you so the community was very disappointed to lose their ability to like put that on something that they could sell now whether that was worth anything you know that's a whole nother question but they they took away something that they promised and then also um they made some other mistakes to where it's like okay this isn't that the leadership here is doesn't have everything together but i really struggled and when he asked me that i i had to think for like a minute and we had to edit down the answer because it was like dead air of me thinking and then you obviously couldn't like i mean you could but like vouching for your own thing is like well you can't really do that just because it's like the self-bias <laughs> no no yeah i think that was even the premise of the question is colossal said other than your own what's an example <laughs> yeah. of a good of a good nft project and i couldn't think of one now let me clarify that i was thinking i could not think of a good pfp project so there's a difference between when someone was making ten thousand generatively created things that were meant to be used as an avatar None of those ended up being a very good idea, and I never thought that they would be. <laughs> I hoped that some of them would be, but I, I like none of them. None of them didn't disappoint me. Even Andy Milanakis, someone who you know I was in group chats with, trying to talk shop about this stuff, he fucking rugged it. So fucking disappointing, man. Wasn't he selling the most stupidest shit as well? Like screenshots of tweets, sort of quality. Wasn't it something like that? His stuff. I've seen him coping a little bit. I don't think it was a direct scam, or was it? Was it a direct scam? The one that I'm referring to was uh, it, they were basically like pixelated goats. That's it. <laughs> People love buying horseshit. Absolute shit. <laughs> he was promising that he was going to make a metaverse place for the community to hang out, some sort of game. It was going to be built into like a Minecraft alternative, and he had some developmental struggles that looked like it wasn't all <laughs> developmental struggles. You know, obviously has some developmental struggles, but he was having some struggles with the uh, getting the video game developed and he quit. And then uh, everyone's like, hey, what's going on? Andy, like, what's the progress on this? And then he was like, sorry, uh, I'm just going to move on. You got to move on. And if you look at um, if you look at some of his tweets and what he was telling people, he was promising that he would never do that. He was tweeting and he was yelling at people for selling too cheap and for not buying uh, cheap ones off the floor and he was saying like I'm in this for the rest of my life I'm gonna keep adding value to this so like he scammed people so even Andy it's funny to think what people were buying because one of the other like prominent guys in this um, sphere was like Lush Sucks you know the graffiti artist meme yeah. artist and he was just selling like screenshots of his old Instagram posts mm-hmm. and people were buying it and I was just like what I was just at the time I was like what use is this gonna have ever like as an art piece or as anything yeah i bought i bought one too i bought two of them i assume those yeah i i'm guess because i i think even my image was in one of them lush which was uh, like dm'd yeah kind of appealing uh he had ones of max of pewdiepie you know people we know friends of ours and and we like him as an artist you know we've yeah. retweeted him he's yeah. we featured him in our in our content because he's a meme 
you know, he embraced meme culture and did good stuff. That's not a scam, though. I mean, he wasn't promising, you know, marvelous things to happen if you purchased a picture. Yeah, no, but more just like why people were spending thousands of dollars on a screenshot of Instagram posts. You know, when you lay it out like that, it's like, what the fuck were people doing? (laughs) I assume like all his pictures now are worth far less than what people originally purchased them for. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're cheaper, cheaper than what I paid. Yeah. So if some people are feeling scammed by that, then I don't think they should be. And I feel like those people are suckers. If you bought genuinely hoping to make money off this purchase, I don't feel sorry for you. You're just a sucker. You weren't scammed. I don't feel scammed by buying it and that I couldn't sell it for more. Like I just, I wanted to own the painting of Dr. Disrespect that he did. And, uh, and I want, and he DM'd me before we minted and was like, Hey, we, I got the mint live or whatever. And I was like, okay. You know, so I, I bought it because a friend was asking me to support him. I don't regret it. But what, what is a shame is, uh, once he secured the bag, like he vanished, like where the fuck is he? (laughs) He's not in our group chats anymore. He's not talking. Kind of like he was leeching a little bit. I can't tell. I don't, I don't know him well enough to know what's going on. He was doing an I'm Alex. I could only speculate. I don't know. Everyone in the sphere obviously realized how much money was to be made, right? To be fair, I think that he had some drama behind the scenes because one of the last messages he, he, um, made to a group chat was something about how like one of his exes was going to ruin his life or get him killed or something i don't i don't know what that meant he attracted a lot of people who would claim he was uh like far right sort of guy so he mm. actually had people if they spotted him doing graffiti they would come up and start altercations with him i remember him saying right. that like once once or twice people had come up and tried to start fights um whether or not it was just like the local myth head or <laughs> if it was like an actual person that was targeting him i think it was like 50 50 <laughs> That's right. He did get in, he did get in fights related to spraying stuff. Like he, um, I think he was attacked a few times. Yeah. He he got attacked. He got attacked for like painting over somebody's shit. He got attacked, uh, I think because he drew like a woman in, um, a woman in a hijab. Wasn't that one of the controversies? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the first time he ever drew something of me, it was when it was on the Israeli palestinian border wall so like <laughs> how do you depict s- you what, what was that it was um it was just my profile picture and it had uh one of my tweets which was like will this wall stand up to my tnt and flint and steel like a minecraft reference and it was just like you know like you could see why he attracted <laughs> were you next to pickle rick on the uh maybe i just know it was basically just a picture of um i could find it somewhere actually but i remember catching a little shit for that too just because i posted it well on that topic i mean a lot of these scammers like gary v have they been attacked publicly because obviously they've cost people their life savings in some cases he's ruined people's lives gary is not considered here's the crazy thing his community isn't that mad at him is that for the question that i asked earlier the reason that i asked earlier is that they're financially invested so they have to support him or they lose i think there's a there's still a couple things on the horizon that they're looking forward to uh one of them is that he's he made a promise that every single one of these doodles was going to function as a ticket to the convention that he was throwing now the first two conventions were in the, where he basically could rent the cheapest stadium. It was like Minnesota and Ohio or something. And uh, and then this ne- this last one, the th- he promised three tickets were built into each one of these doodles. 
And this next one coming up is in LA. So I think a lot of people are excited, like, okay, well, at least this is a city where something's going on, where I know there's some famous people. Wait, this he's is still be a doing, one. is he still doing these? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Is he on version two or version three now of these doodles? There's a, so it started off with 10,000. When these things were worth 30, 40,000 a piece, he had only 10,000 of them. And he could have stopped there, but he wanted more money. Because what he's trying to do is make a billion dollars, multiple billions of dollars and buy the New York Jets. That's the goal. He's, he's trying to own his, um, his childhood football team. So it's just like whatever he can do to get it. Like he's grinding, grinding, grinding. So he sold 10,000 of them and then he sold uh, 50, no, then he sold 125,000 book tokens. And then V Friends 2, there were 55,000 of those. And then he's also done some um, uh, just airdrops and collaborations with, with other people. So he, he increased his supply from 10,000 to something like 160,000, 180,000 different tokens. It was like a scam within a scam within a scam, as I understood it. Because he writes this book. Did you buy the book, by the way? You have a copy of it? No, I didn't. I look. I looked around locally because I, I was willing to. I was because I'm not gonna fucking. You <laughs> yeah, you could have rebought, rebought one yeah. for a dollar. People were giving this book away, so I thought maybe you found one in a thrift store, I and mean, it wouldn't surprise me. What I think he was doing is, um, Twelve Rules for Life is sits at the top of the uh, nonfiction charts all the time. Frequently comes back around the holidays as people buy that Jordan Peterson book. So I think he wanted to basically have like, you know, the Bible too. <laughs> so he did 12 and a half, you know, there's 12 rules for life. And it's always just the most basic, mind-numbingly obvious gratitude, self-awareness, like, yeah. like shit you should just know if you have like have a working brain. All of it insulates him from criticism as well, you know, because if you've, if you've told your audience that you should always be like, um, you should get rid of negativity you shouldn't criticize anybody you should always just be positive positive looking forward then when someone comes around who's like says the emperor has no clothes and these are the some of the worst drawings i've ever seen why are you paying so much for them you've trained an entire community to be basically immune to that they've all been trained that if i want to please gary then i will not agree with this negativity and i'm going to treat that with empathy and positivity and be like oh i'm sorry you don't like the art man oh that's a shame no, we really like it. You know, like you've created a cult, basically, that can't question you. He writes a book, and in order to sell more copies of this book, anyone who buys this book will potentially get like a code. So then he's asking them to send the books back to him. Yeah, he's like, destroy that, and I'll give you something. Uh, he's trying to figure out what he can do to, to um, you know, to make those tokens make sense, to get add any value to it. And so one of the ways... Uh, I didn't mention this in the video, but he created he created a marketplace where so part of the content he makes is he goes around to yard sales and he buys uh, sports cards, he buys action figures and stuffed animals. And so he created a marketplace where the graded cards that he'd collected or or cards that he was willing to buy. I don't know. He created a market where you could trade these tokens to get some of those cards but those cards were not what people wanted either. And the price wasn't like as an arbitrage opportunity, it wasn't that good of a deal. You know, you could sell, you could like trade the token back and get a card that was worth almost exactly the same. But now you have a card you could trade. So you like, let's say you trade a $300 token for, and now it's not worth that much, but let's say you traded a, to a token that at the time was $300 worth of books. And then you trade that token and you get a Charles Barkley rookie card that's graded and that 
if you're lucky, someone will buy for $300 on eBay. So now at least you've got something that's worth kind of close to what the books are, but it's something that you got to get lucky that someone will buy it. You know, it's like trading, trading card market is, um, you know, it's kind of a scam in its own way. So there was a point where you could get something, but, but that's only if you burn it that way. That, and then if you do that, you don't get the chance to mint a V friends too. So then he put something else on the horizon. Okay. I, now I'm going to go officially V friends again, and we're going to make more of these. Now there's 55,000 of them, which is f- more than five times, or it's five times what I made the first time, but these are going to be such a great idea to get guys. So, and I'm also going to make absolute monsters. Like there's going to be some super cool characters. I'm talking astronauts, black cat, like the coolest characters I've ever made. And the only way you can get them is if you burn. And then he gives this a super confusing announcement where it's like a certain amount of a combination of, I'm going to need you to burn a bunch of them. And then you get a chance to mint. And then if you mint, you can get these exclusive characters. So he's just, he's going to pay you in, in a chance to buy more of his currency if you spend his currency on it. it, it it's it is, a fucking sandwich of scams, like layered scams on top of each other. Never ending. <laughs> the, the value he was creating uh, in the future uh, of a token he was making up is what he was basically taking your you know investments on like he was he was borrowing using the value of something that he'd inflated himself it's and so at the end of the day it's like these are all currency that you've made up that's a that's a convoluted explanation but yeah it it is related to the flywheel scam of creating value out of thin air using your own things so there's this one part and i'm paraphrasing it a bit but there's this one part where gary v says what you should do at least once a day for five minutes is sit down with your family and make believe one of them was just shot in the face. That is what makes me happy. And if you do that, you will be happy too. What the fuck did he mean by that? Because that is some of like the worst advice I have ever heard in my life. It is psychopathic. You remember what you would say with um, in editing, like you have hummingbird vision and you spot fr- dropped frames and things like that. Yeah. When I watch that clip, I see it expressions pass across his face. Uh, you'd call them micro reactions. Um, some people don't believe in that. I'd believe in it. I, I, I see them. What's passing across his face when he says that, particularly when he goes shot in the face, he pulls an incredibly savage, hostile face. Like he is picturing violence and it's, it's very abnormal. This is not something, this is an, it's an anomalous, uh, emotion for him to be feeling as he thinks about something that, that is a supposedly aspiring, inspiring gratitude. Like what would be the non-psychopathic way to say that? It would be like, the way that I stay grateful for the things that I have is I, once a day, I meditate on what I have and I'm thankful for it. And I just think about what it would be like if I lost it. Now, that's a totally human way to say that. it goes for the most graphic, visceral way possible to imagine <laughs> losing it. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, like, you're having a nice family dinner and all of a sudden you have to imagine that your mother just got shot in the face. Yeah. And you have to like, sit go- there in perfect silence for like the next five minutes, you know, staring through the hole in the back of your mother's head. And everyone is just carrying on eating like nothing has happened, but you're sat there in total silence picturing this. Yeah, sorry, I haven't, sorry guys. Yeah, I can come to dinner, but I haven't finished up my sales technique yet. What I normally do is I imagine you guys all getting ax murdered. So I, like, I'm just, I need to think about that for a bit. I'll come like do that in the same detail. room with you guys. Just don't. Just give me five minutes. I have to imagine that my mother's head has been blown off. 
breaks yeah. down like the blood splatter pattern that's everywhere gives you a real <laughs> visceral image of it <laughs> to me i think it has to do with a resentment towards uh towards his parents if you'll allow me to psychoanalyze a bit i think that he has i think a lot of what he's doing and what drives him in fact probably even him trying to buy that sports team probably goes all the way back to childhood and trying to show uh one of his parents you know maybe one he didn't like very much and one he did i think he's trying to to prove to them before their death that uh that he's a winner i think he's motivated not from losing them i don't know i don't know because they're also now that's it's probably unfair to speculate about that because there are videos of him kissing his dad on the mouth like maybe he has a perfectly loving uh, relationship with them what mm-hmm. didn't the paul brothers do that as well different parent but yeah and they're also maybe there's a correlation here there's a correlation between nft scammers and inbreeding <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's one relationship you won't regret starting. Our sponsor today, Raycon. It's the best time of year. Leaves changing colors, cozy vibes, and my personal favorite holiday, Raycon's anniversary. And if you're thinking, don't you mean Halloween? Well, then let me ask you this. Does Halloween also give 20 to 40% off premium electronics? No? Well, then listen up, because Raycon's celebrating their anniversary with a sale you won't want to miss. Now, you might have heard me mention Raycon's anniversary sale before. This year, Raycon is turning six. In that time, Raycon has really made a name for themselves in the premium audio space. Their everyday earbuds are known for delivering high-quality audio and thoughtful features, like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. All this at half the price of other premium brands? Well, no wonder they've already racked up 78,000 five-star reviews. And this past year, they've expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. So needless to say, there is a lot to celebrate. That's why, to thank everyone who's shown them support in the past six years, Raycon is offering 20% off everything on their site, with select products up to 40%. How are you finding your Raycons, by the way, Jay? And he's deaf. He's deaf. So well with them, I didn't even hear you ask me. (laughs) I'm using them instead of my old headphones, because these don't actually fall out my ear when I go to the gym, so when I go on the treadmill, so that's (laughs) that's what I've been using them for. You do not want to miss out on Raycon's anniversary sale! What are you going to do? Wait another year for it? No, celebrate Raycon turning six with their biggest sale of the year going on now. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash TBH and use code BIRTHDAY to get 20 to 40% off site-wide. That's code BIRTHDAY at buyraycon.com slash TBH to score 20 to 40% off. Buyraycon.com slash TBH. Okay, so we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now, if you're like me, and you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix, this will change your world. 
This whole week, I've been using ExpressVPN to binge The Office on UK Netflix. <laughs> it's so simple to do. I just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change my location to United Kingdom, refresh Netflix, and... Well, that's it. You see, ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. Love Korean drama? Well, use ExpressVPN to watch Parasite off South Korean Netflix. But it's not just Netflix, no. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. Now, I know there are hundreds of other VPNs out there. The reason I'm using ExpressVPN is because it's so ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD. No problem. You see, ExpressVPN also works on all your devices. Phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen. So, if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, use my link right now. ExpressVPN.com slash TBH and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's EXPRESSVPN.com slash TBH. ExpressVPN.com slash TBH. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports brackets DFS platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. With the prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and CFB top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Our producer Ryan tried the app out. He said that it was a slick experience. The interface reminded him of a new fantasy leagues he had competed in before, except this one was more intuitive. He also said they had more sports than just football. He noticed they had fantasy cricket, tennis, major league baseball, and even CSGO fantasy teams. So go to prizepicks.com slash tbh and use code tbh for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash tbh and use code tbh for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. 
You should get disability pay for that. When you do something like that, you're like, you can't work for a week. I'd never seen ads, ad reads that got such a positive response. You know, like you, you literally gave them hundreds of examples of people being like, these are the greatest ad reads on you. That never happens on podcasts. Never, ever, ever in the history of podcasts did that happen. I mean, they keep coming back for more. So I must be doing something right. People are going to believe that Pyro just missed the episode. He didn't show up. I mean, he was still late regardless, but people are going to think that he wasn't here. But no, he's been here the entire time and just hasn't said anything. I think he was here for half an hour and then he fell asleep. Do you know, has he divulged any information to you, Jay, about what he's going to be doing at PAX? He's just doing a meet and greet. Like, it's like a one hour and a half to two hour thing. You know, all the creatures come up to him, I guess, get a photo and an autograph or something and be dealing with sweetie fans. <laughs> well, he said the ones at, uh, at Insomnia, which is the UK equivalent, I suppose, weren't too bad. They were, pro- they were probably not too bad in the sense like they were normal. Ice. He didn't get sick after because the hygiene, <laughs> the poor hygiene. I still feel like the like hygiene must have been pretty bad. Charts. It is with those conventions. Well, he didn't get sick after. He wasn't sick after, so it couldn't have been that bad. If you touch enough kids, you'll eventually develop an immunity to them. <laughs> Since the last time we talked about NFTs, nerd... Has there now been one that isn't total shit? So there's not, there's almost nothing I can hold up that's a PFP project where I can be like, this is not a scam. Do it like this. I can't find anything. There's a couple of very small, there's ones that like, you know, I don't even want to say it by name because I don't think you should get involved, but it's people who all like penguins. And so they just still hang out because they like penguins. That's fine. That's pretty wholesome. But you know, that's not a great example of what this you know, <laughs> what this, all of this was promising it could be. And then, um, so it all turned out to be bad and I can't really lift anything up as like, okay, here's, here's what this looks like when it's done right. And I didn't want that to just be me. You know, I'm trying to do that, but I wanted there to be examples that weren't scams. So I have to basically concede and catalog all of the bad shit that's happened. And there's so much bad shit. It's overwhelming. So number one, I've got like basically no one on my side and no one I want on my side. Number two, uh, from the community that I'm defending, basically, you know, from the concept that I'm that I'm trying to be optimistic about. There's like almost nobody who I can say is like, here's an ally of mine. Here's someone you can trust. There's like there's nothing. It's all bad actors. You're basically like the last Catholic priest left that hasn't molested a child yet. That's essentially your job. And now you've got to try and defend Catholicism, despite your entire religious order molesting every child within five miles. So then in the other direction, I've got everyone who justifiably is angry at these scams and has noticed them and who is also misinformed deliberately in some cases. So things that were that made no sense, but that were viral dunks on this, like the right click save. I watched people like Hassan and Mooncat knowingly perpetuate that nonsense when they knew better. And the, I can prove that they knew that that was stupid and it didn't make sense and that they still were doing it. So in the case of Hassan, you can watch him live, like in the course of a live stream, him start by saying, all of these things do nothing. They're nonsense. There's no utility, essentially. They're all just, it's all just like stupid, doesn't make any sense gambling. So someone starts to send him examples of things that do do something. Now, most of these did something. They just, it's like whether it was worth anything turned out to be no, but they did something. So someone starts sending him examples. And the example he watches is a restaurant 
where it's basically a, the concept was an over-engineered membership card. Whoever owns the token, they're part of this exclusive dinner club. And so there was a video talking about it. And so he watches that. And so you watch him get educated live. Okay, here's how this works. So he watches that. And then he has two criticisms. One of them, fair. One of them, moving the goalposts. First thing is he goes, okay, so the fault in this is that you're trying to create an exclusive club where everybody wants to hang out. But if you can just buy your way in, then you're going to end up hanging out with people who suck and there's no um, screening process. So like for the so like using the example of the Soho house, if you allow anyone to buy their way in, then all of the artists who like the Wall Street traders want to hang out with would be priced out. And then it ends up being no artists and only rich Wall Street traders. And it, it's it right now is like a cool place where artists would be. He's like, that would happen with this concept. And that's a fair criticism. I think that's true. Oh, uh, the second thing is he goes, I hate this. This is late stage capitalism. I hate the concept of that someone would be able to sell their membership to somebody else for a profit. This whole thing sucks. And so then what he's complaining about is the concept of trading and markets. So that's where Hassan then goes back to the idea of profit of um of someone like monopolizing ownership of anything individually he doesn't like any of that and so like his i hate america starts to show a bit there but he's moved the goalpost from okay these things do nothing to i don't like what they do and um what they do is dumb okay you know fair enough but at least at that at that point you've acknowledged that they do something and then right afterwards it's like he never heard that he goes right back to so here's how you right click and save these guys you just screenshot it and you do that and everyone gets mad and he just per he just perpetuated that again and that was fucking bullshit because you like try to take the screenshot of the membership card to the restaurant and try to get in you can't it doesn't work that way you have to prove that you own it you know so um he knew that that didn't make sense but he but like i was saying before with the end just ends justifies the means even though he knew he was perpetuating a nonsensical gibberish meme he still did it because it was doing damage he's like let me just keep doing this because this you know this is landing this has got legs this juices let me see let me keep saying this and the other person who did that was Mooncat. she it was like an expert on gary v she made this huge video about him that had some pretty good documentation of 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 the motivational content he's made and where he came from and in the course of making a video about the uh the digital collectible community like her copy of of uh dan olson's video she makes a promotional short that is like a, a remake of it's a mix of you wouldn't screenshot uh you wouldn't screenshot you wouldn't download a car and the ladies and gentlemen we got a meme so it shows her screenshotting a v friend and then getting arrested instantly now she knows that that didn't make any sense she knows that gary was selling tickets to a convention because she's essentially like a foremost expert on gary v she would know that those things get you into the fucking convention and she would also know that no one would care if you screenshotted it because it wouldn't get you in you know but she still made the meme about look how mad we can make him if we down if we screenshot this guys so that's a bad actor that's someone who's willing to lie to do damage to do damage to what to benefit herself in some financial way or a, a, a bit a little bit of that you know like whatever someone's motivation is for continuing to make content you know like i don't begrudge that she would want to make money off of this <laughs> as a socialist a marxist whatever it's fine you know participate in capitalism please do but what I do begrudge is that 
what she was trying to do is damage to cryptocurrency because she sees all of that as some you know uh, she does not like well let's let's take it away from her like these the marxist socialist sort of team they don't like crypto because they see it it's all the things they don't like trading profit individual ownership people accumulating too much of something it's they wouldn't like someone having every single like valuable sneaker either you know it's not just that they don't like someone having too many monkey jpegs that are all worth money it is a little bit like guilty by association right so anyone who's associated with cryptocurrency or nfts is guilty by that association 99 percent of people are scammers so i do not like this particular project which may or may not be a scam because of all these other scammers and i think it's almost like it's almost fair enough if 99.9 percent .9 of all of these projects are scams can you really expect them to think like that one, that 0.1% is going to be such a great thing? I think that that's a, a hopeless, black-pilled way of looking at things. And if if that was the way I looked at things, then when I make videos criticizing YouTube, um, I would be telling people not to use YouTube. You know, I would be saying like... Um, Wow, look at look at how shitty the creators are that are promoted. Look at how much they they ignore our concerns. We shouldn't use this platform. And that's not that's never been my message. It's like these are problems that can be addressed. Like we demand these to get better. And that's the way that I approach this. And I'm, what I'm doing with NFTs is the same thing I did with merch, where I look at at least I try to find what is the good and what is the bad and let's use the good and uh and not replicate the bad and then we sold merch at the end of it we tried to make the best merch we could everybody was happy with it i'm doing the same thing with this but what i'm running into is people who think that tokenizing art is synonymous with scam that there's no way to do it that's not a scam and so i challenged them in the comments and i'm like what do you what do you mean it's a scam where's the scam where's the scam where's the scam here's a picture buy it that's it. And then you get access to the Discord and then you can join my class. I'm selling a class. You can't tell me that I'm not allowed to sell my time. They have to show where the scam is. They can't. It's like I said, guilty by association. One, um, so one mild, very mild critique nerd with the video, if you could even call it that. <clears throat> Maybe it's because it changed over time, but I found it like a slightly jarring that it was, you know, you spent 35 minutes assaulting Gary V and rightfully so, but then the transition into showing your own stuff, what, there wasn't as much of a bridge as I thought there would be. Do you think that was just because the video changed over time, so it was harder to like bridge that gap, if if that even makes sense? You know, some of that might be a failure of of me not like um you know like well also i was trying to work it into the time that i would normally do a skillshare ad so that's about like yeah. a minute and a half to 60 seconds so, so it was almost more like you're more just doing it as a sponsor you didn't really think of needing a bridge because you were kind of like you just thought of it you because you specifically said we're we are sponsoring ourselves right so i guess you might yeah. have just been like because i think i only saw a couple comments about it but it was more just like i know you did point out that it's definitely a good thing for artists but maybe there wasn't enough of that. And that's why people were kind of confused. I, I think that that's fair to feel jarred by that. And I blame the people who misled you into thinking that it can't possibly be used for anything good. You know, like if yeah. you've been told that this is irredeemable, it's all a scam by people who think what's irredeemable is the market 
and capitalism. You know, like you have to understand that part of what they're yeah. criticizing when they say it's all bad is they don't like the idea of somebody owning something that they sell for a whole lot of money later. They don't want that to ever happen. They don't like that. Yeah. You know, and they don't want rich people to get richer. I think your answer was perfect. Like if you think about it in terms of like criticizing YouTubers, which is what we do here on the podcast on our own channels, there's a lot of people that dislike YouTubers in general purely based on the fact that a lot of them are bad and have done bad things. And I don't think that's fair. And we can say the same exact thing to a lesser extent, I guess, because there literally isn't a good NFT <laughs> project out there other than To nerds. clarify, PFP project, because there are artists that just sold like a one-of-one one painting or they're selling things that aren't 10,000 of them that are all faces meant to be used as an avatar. And that's something different. I know in the video you addressed it with, you know, that like sarcastic commentary like yes we watched all those videos you're telling us to watch um did you have like a, a plan to almost do a video kind of explaining or showing some of the benefits or are you just kind of letting people figure that out on their own oh yeah i have to but so yeah i'm probably going to tier list the criticisms because there are people who i think did a good job and there are people who i think were were being intentionally dishonest and and then other yeah. people who just were making shit to ride the algorithm and they didn't know what they were talking about but they perpetuated something that was harming artists so i do yeah. want to talk about that okay but um, it makes but it, sorry it makes sense you explaining it as like you were just doing a sponsor like now that you've said it just because i did i spoke to someone else too it just was like it was a little jarring but the fact that you're saying it was more just a sponsor that made a lot more sense. Now, what I've been listening to for the past two years, uh, you know, there are people who are like in my replies, sending me the right click, save as like, oh, I got your NFT now. I got your whatever. You know, like I, I've been just holding very still for the most part as people battered me with that meme. And yeah. so like there there is a little bit of irritation that's built up. And so I would like to, you know, there's a part of me that would like to thunderously dunk on how stupid that was and everybody who perpetuated that. But let's just start, you know, let's, let's stay educational and yeah, let's start wanna, with the fact you do that wanna, like, you do want to not come off as like defensive because then yeah. they won't even listen sort of thing. Yeah, who learns from someone who's angry? You know, there's a time and a place for that. And so in that ad, what I wanted to do was like, let's just as casually and as as obviously as possible show people that here's the value that I'm providing, which is. Yeah. You're going to get some time tutoring, personal attention on something that's cutting edge useful right now if you're into creating visuals. So like this is this is the best value, expiring value of the moment that I could teach you. It's like yeah. uh, the, here's the value. Second, how do you get in? Instead of just telling you a domain like Patreon, here's the exact same setup as Patreon where they gatekeep you. Instead of a credit card, it's going to be using this new technology. Even someone like myself, like who wasn't really interested in the subject matter, was still enthralled by the video itself. So I think you did a really good job there. And of course, the editing was good. I have a criticism completely unrelated to Jay's. So towards the end of the video, uh, I mean, this is after you've gone through everything that Gary Vee has done. You say you don't see him as malevolent, which I was like, yeah. what the fuck? I completely disagree with this. I saw a few com because comments about that too. Oh, really? I felt you'd literally just proven exactly that. I got to give credit to Nikki on that. Like, so N Nikki was telling me, cut that line. She's like, what are you talking about? You don't see him as malevolent. She's like, cut that line. And I was like, well, you know, it's, it's an evil scientist. Like he sees, yeah, he I was sees people say, like- You were in Dr. Downvote at the time, right? So there's <laughs> the kind of, the reasoning is that it's his character thinking that rather than yourself. <laughs>
a couple things like first he he develops his own takes that are always a little bit unpredictable you know so him thinking that someone got tricked into buying a doodle is like a misdemeanor you know for an evil yeah. scientist and then sure. um and then also like like i would say ryan and i were a little bit like overly trusting that gary was a good actor up until the last minute and something happened oh yeah it was so it was like we were in the final stage of this video and before the ryan was sending me (laughs) ryan was sending me videos of of gary talking to people about like like bullying them for the floor and i went like damn i'm like i can't believe he was doing this to people this sucks like he's shaming them in public for for just being willing to sell one of these things at a 10 times profit like this is so fucked up and nikki heard from the other room uh, she goes like, I'm embarrassed for the two of you. She's like, I can't believe the two of you thought he was a good guy. She's like, he's clearly. And then she said like some really derogatory things. So sometimes yeah. it's just like, you know, I guess maybe I'd been gaslit a bit, you know, and, and Nikki just sees the, the straight through a fucking wine salesman, New Jersey, you know, Russian hustler. And was just like, this guy's up to no good. Like that's a thug. She called him a thug. <laughs> the, like, um, what? the original plan for the video are you still able to like salvage that some of that for like a future video or was the whole thing kind of like torn down and rebuilt well to the, focus on i don't want like i, I don't want to wear people out on this topic so yeah I, for sure I, ner- that's the reason it's nerd line and not tryhards and it's not you know yeah. called the gary v expose is i do want to i do want to talk about other stuff there's there's a lot of things that i think are worth diving into and spending some time on and so i'm going to break up the additional you know tutorials and and ex- sort of expanding and unfolding some of the things that i, I brought up in this i'm going to put those in shorter segments within like a variety show format so that it doesn't just overwhelm people with something that you know they're sick of yeah so do you think you'll still do a video kind of going over some of the main critiques of that what's the big one that everyone keeps quoting line goes up do you think you'll ever because that's the one people always say like they make a pretty strong argument i felt yeah that's like the that's the final boss of these critiques i definitely (laughs) i have to address that one and um yeah I, i will say here's the way that that emotionally affected me when i saw that video um i was in a funk for like a day where i'd I was just like, man, like that is so, that is such a depressing reveal of how much rot there is in all this underneath all of this optimism. It's all yeah. fake. I'm like, he's right about that. And and it was sort of like mirroring the research I was doing too. And then something occurred to me on that second day where I'm like, wait a minute, this is a critique of capitalism. This at its core, and it's why he starts the video with 20 minutes explaining the subprime mortgage crisis is he's trying to make you see that this whole system can't work. And basically, I'm like, wait a minute, nothing would exist around me if the moral is when money is involved, we can't trust people about anything. Because that's what he was saying. He was saying, because people could benefit from this being worth more later, you can't ever trust them to talk about it at all. And I was like, well, if that's true, then you can't listen to a YouTuber. You can't buy a product because there was an advertisement you can i'm like nothing around me that's driven by profit motive or that has advertisements for it or has spokespeople it's like none of that could be navigatable by the average person i'm like that's not true that you do learn how to watch an advertisement when you understand incentives so that's key to me like you need to understand what some someone's incentives are you have to know that if they're telling you that this coin is good or this project is good they should tell you that they own it. 
and how much they own and they should you should be able to see if they're selling it as they're telling you that it should be a fucking law it should be a legal requirement it is that's the other thing is all these people thought that this was not going to be regulated that it was some loophole well guess what you're wrong and the whole time i was saying that i'm like good that's the best news i've heard all fucking week are we going to finally see repercussions for these genuinely criminal actions that some of these scammers have undertaken it's been happening. And so like I, I oh, have great the whole time I have looked at this in a way where I'm like, okay, this is going to be regulated. So let me walk the tightrope that no one is telling me I need to walk. Let me just treat this as if this is a financial asset and I'm discussing something that will be regulated. So I'm going to make sure that my token passes the Howey test, which is the crucial test of, of whether you're selling a security or whether you're selling a, a commodity or something that's not a security offering. And uh, what Gary V did is <laughs> consistently fail the Howie test. So like that part of the video where I, I put the uh, Metal Gear Solid like alert noise or whatever, the, those are violations. Those are financial crimes. You know, like I, I'm not sending this to the SEC. I don't want to see him suffer, but I don't want to see people doing that because those things are regulated. Uh, you do have to say you know, you have to disclose. It's like, imagine a stock, right? If you're going to, if you want, if you read an article about how Tesla's bad, the person who wrote it needs to say that they have shorted Tesla. So they stand to benefit from causing a panic where the price would go down. They profit. They legally have to say that. So that type of disclosure needs to be built into all of this other stuff too, where you're where you're perfectly clear that if suddenly you're pumping some random coin that you've got a big bag of it and you're dumping it on the same people that you're talking to, you know, like that, you got to be clear about incentives. And then once you are, I do trust people to understand, to put on a pair of glasses and go, you know, with a filter in it that goes, okay, here's what he wants to happen out of this. So I'm going to use my judgment and decide whether I believe him or whether I think his profit motive is making him lie to me. You know, so like it's clear that when I'm talking about dead avatar project, I stand to benefit from it being successful. You understand that the same way you understand me selling merch, right? It's like I stand to profit from the thing that I made. But if I'm selling something else, I got to tell you if I own that. And if I'm trying to fucking sell a hundred of them (laughs) right after the video, you know, Uh, it's obviously a very broad and obtuse question. But what kind of penalties and punishments can we see for these people that have, as you said, broken the law? Well, one just happened. Uh, Ashton Kusher and uh, Myla Kunis from that 70s show, I think they're a couple, they're a husband and wife. They just got fined by the SEC for stoner cats because they had mentioned the secondary market. Uh, so they had, they had been hyping the fact that you will be able to sell these for more than you bought it for, which is a no-no. Uh, now we didn't have any regularity clarity on that, you know, like this was an open question for a lot of people. I never thought it was that much of an open question. I didn't, you know, I did not lean into that. Um, so they had, uh, they had promised that basically the, their abilities as Hollywood producers and their skill set with making products was going to pump the value of their token. And so you would be able to sell it for more later. And that turned out to be something that the SEC says fails the Howey test, that you're selling something based off the promotional, the, the abilities of the promoter, where the value of this thing, the, uh, the shared enterprise of this security uh, is closely tied to the ability for the promoter to bring in more people. 
that means it's a security. And so if it's a security, you have to register with the SEC. There's no process for that yet. There's no form. It's all in the works. Um, but they, they, this is how regulation starts. It starts with a fine and it sets a precedent and then it starts to become the law. Do you think we're going to see anything beyond a fine? Are there going to be cases where it's actually going to be a, a prison sentence? For, for, pre, for PFP collections, it probably will be fines. Um, for FTX and things where, you know, there was massive intentional fraud. So there's a difference between an unlicensed security using like new technology where it's like, oh, hey, guess what? You didn't reinvent the stock market. You just, you know, didn't register your securities with us. And, and now you have to. Well, I mean, what we're going to start to see is an onboarding process for this to become more regulated. It's not going to go away. It's going to just get a whole lot more paperwork. The government is going to get their cut. You know, the regulators are going to stay uh, relevant and active and in their eyes, protecting people from being exploited. And uh, it's just going to get a whole lot more formal. Yeah, I just don't think the fines are going to really do anything. Like how much did Ashton Kutcher and his wife have to pay? Nine million? It's like a drop in the ocean for them. It's, it's interesting that they hit them right when some negative publicity came out about Danny Masterson. It's like same day. So I think you said at one point that AI scams are going to be the new scam, the new thing that celebrities like Ashton Kutcher and shysters like Gary V are going to start doing in order to replace these NFT scams, or rather that they will become the new NFT scam. Do you know of any in the works or any that have already transpired? Well, I guess what I, what I mean by that is is all the same people who... They, they're basically, they're selling their credibility to you. They're trying to always be on the cutting edge of um, these new opportunities, right? And in the past, it was Gary Vee telling everybody like, look how much money you can make doing this. You should copy what I'm doing or you should buy my thing. Uh, you know, like it was, it was educational content disguised as self-promotion. And uh, the uh, fucking AI stuff is a lot like that, where you're seeing people making these Think about what you're seeing on Twitter all the time with these threads where it's like, here's 10 ways to make your job easier. Use Bard to, you know, and it's like, you got to expand the thread and they'll call themselves like the AI expert or whatever, you know, and this is someone who just came out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's selling you just like information about uh, AI. It's, it's getting people, it's trying to shoehorn people into stuff that's basically a whitelisted or it's basically like a white labeled version of, of a free product. So these plugins became available for, I think it was OpenAI started offering chat GPT plugins. So they were allowing you to basically build apps on top of it and then sell that in your own right. But what you're selling is just sort of like a, it's like what Storyfire was where there was a skin over top of Vimeo underneath it is vimeo but they made it look like it was a platform that's what a lot of these ai services are doing think of the shittiest app that'll help you like replace a face you know <laughs> like you'll they'll allow you, allow you to put your face on elon musk or elon musk on your face that kind of thing those are skinning uh an open sourced program that whoever made that app didn't make that AI shit is like that right now, where these productivity tools and things related to ChatGPT and Dolly and Midjourney, they're skins over top of those, and in some cases, open source forks of those. Anyway, that was a sort of a long explanation for that. Same, the same people are just are shilling kind of like they're disguising what are basically free tools that are available to you. They're disguising sort of like degraded forks and variations of it that they've put their own name on 
and that they're taking investment for. <laughs> you know, they 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 would like you to invest in this company, or they're taking some company that had nothing to do with AI, and they're taking one of these Chat GPT products or tools, and they're just building into that, and they're now calling themselves an AI company, and they really have no programming knowledge. They've got they're not making their own tools; they're just selling you shit that you could use anyway, and you haven't thought to use it in that way. I feel like we could have replaced Pyro for this podcast with an AI. Nobody would have noticed. How many words has he said? Like one. Is he there right now? <laughs> what a fucking pedo. Just like nothing said. Is Pyro even there? No, he's playing some video game, I guarantee you. <laughs> Pyro. Well, let's put the challenge out to our Patreon Discord. So the, the same crew that has been um, learning to get better with prompting these uh, these AI generative art tools that, you know, you, you help us with the visuals by adding funny things that, that you prompt. If you want to expand into training a model on Pyro's voice from the bulk of his content, I think live streams would be a good way to get voice samples from him because there's going to be less background music and interruption and, and things. So if you can isolate his voice, uh, you should train train a model on his voice and then supply us with that. Um, we would love that because there are episodes like this where he's, uh, he's not interjecting enough and we'll just write it for him and have the, have the computer say it. I was going to say like, they'll get chat GPT to write some like random story, you know, like write a story about two white cats and then, and then they'll get the whole thing narrated by AI too. And it's just this complete nonsensical fucking video. And obviously like some five-year-olds watching it, like, here's Terry and Sam, the two white cats. They, their owner died. And it's like, and it's complete garbage made up by AI. <laughs> I was listening to a video about, well, I woke up in the middle of the night and something had auto-played because I fell asleep listening to something about, I don't know, educational content about a uh, coming war with China or something like that. Uh, and then I wake up and they're talking about, we don't even know who built the canals in the United States of America that... Um, that people are speculating that it could have been made by by engineers, but it doesn't seem like there were en any engineers at the time. So they were talking about um, things that were not that long ago where you can probably get the names, you know, you know who built it. It's probably written into the side of it. It's like engraved with the year and something, you know, it's like, it's not a mystery. Um, plenty of records of it. And they're talking about it as if it's like, the pyramids or alien stuff and it's like this was not written by a person this was just like <laughs> chat gpt generating um you know somebody probably gave it a prompt like write me a video talking about the the most mysterious um monuments in the united states of america and so it just made up some hallucination about how we don't even know who built the roads and that was not presented as like nonsense like this was just straight up like a like a million view history video that was telling us we don't even know who built anything. This was on YouTube, I take it. Yeah, yeah, on some channel just called like Amazing History or Astonishing Facts, something well, like that. There's, there's the your giveaway right there. There's the red flag right there. But yeah, you literally cannot trust yeah. anything you see on YouTube anymore, especially since they've removed the dislike button. I mean, just oh, we're in hell, just fucking themselves over. It's the worst thing for them to do. It's awful. What a terrible combination of of influences. It's a, it's a hellscape. And then imagine the, the AI eating its own dog food, you know, like it will cannibalize 
it will cannibalize its own hallucinations and then take them as high authority. So it, will, it won't even know it's lying. Unless you've got special privileges like some of these mainstream media sites. And a lot of them have their own misinformation. So you literally, we're just so fucked. We're so fucked. Yeah, then the, the journalists try to do research and they go, like, oh, okay, so they cite or just plagiarize from amazing history. They're like, okay, they probably fact-checked this. But it was made up by an AI you know, and then their article that quoted that gets fed back into ChatGPT because, you know, someone writing 10 articles a day for Vox or something is seen as high enough authority that ChatGPT might be trained on that as fact. And so, or so forever Google Bard starts repeating something that it thinks is a fact. This would be the place of the diffusion where the fact should be because it was trained like it's something that it starts to see over and over and over again. It's going to be harder and harder to tell where this lie came from. What do you think about, because obviously since Elon Musk took over, I think it started a little bit before he took over, actually. They started this community notes thing. What's your opinion on that? It's like a positive experience. Oh, that's fantastic. I think it's great, yeah, right? I guess to return back to the topic of like um whether elon knows what he's doing with the things um some of the decisions he was making on twitter well so on the one hand the thing i was complaining about way back then in that episode which is that twitter's algorithm was built to reward agitating content not only did that get worse oh, go on. The like he incentivized it with so the monetization it, so it got so much worse. And now that's now, now that's not like, oh, that's a nerd observation that no one's explained it that way before or whatever. Like now that's a mainstream explanation for what someone's up to with a bullshit bait thread. Everybody's like, ah, oh, you're baiting engagement. You know, it's like, so that, what was a small problem that I was, a small, a smaller problem that I was saying was tearing civilization apart <laughs> is now like everything it's like now it's the whole timeline and everybody knows it so wow that got worse you know so there okay so on the one hand uh his monetization strategy it's almost like he took the biggest problem with the platform and gave financial incentive to those that were doing exactly that yeah it's unbelievable. exactly so he you're being paid to make it worse but then on the other hand when he said i'm gonna try to make twitter the most trusted platform on the internet and I was like, that's ridiculous. And that goes against, you know, like th this doesn't make sense with the, the, the other actions he's taking. I think he actually did because I have never, I have never had so many incidents where I look at something where I go, wow, I wonder if this is real or not. And then instantly I can tell without any research, I get the information that this is fake and I don't leave thinking maybe this is true. And that was happening a lot, like prior even to AI shit. You know, you'd watch a little clip and you'd be like, you'd come away with some understanding of it that maybe you would repeat to somebody else and it just becomes an urban legend. You explain it wrong. Twitter notes is helping you see like, oh, this is fake. There's still some flaws in it. I don't know if you saw the one because, you know, obviously it's people rate if something's accurate or not. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw someone posted like Elon Musk has killed himself. And then the top <laughs> community note was just, this is true. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, it was like, it was up for like 24 hours. Yeah. It was so, cause everyone was just voting it up. Yeah. Like, it was Elon's considering killing himself. Yeah. Just, this is true. Like no, no source. Just, this is true. He's playing a video game. I'm telling you, he's playing a video game. He does this. This is a little bit of a, to be honest, lore. Pyro, when he does these, he's not even, his attention isn't fully focused on this podcast. <laughs> he's playing a video game at the same time. 
So that's why he's often asking us to repeat things, or he's repeating things that we've already said, because he's not really paying attention. You remember the first episode? He just started, he burst out laughing because he was, he looked at like Kirby or something on a, the E3 footage or something. And we were like, and I was like, turn off your television or something. I wouldn't even mind if he was just scrolling Twitter or like scrolling something like mindless. But if you're actively playing a video game and have to focus, that's like a whole nother level of awareness or, you know, you can't pay attention to both at once. It's just. I think he's just like his skin turned white and he's sweating on his brow and he's just imagining like the worst pictures that we've never even seen. Like Colossal, you described the one where he was so fat that he had his own atmosphere and he was just farting and he was becoming the the gas, right? I think there's things like that that we can't even fathom that he's thinking like, wow, some stranger right now is like thumbing through these. Yeah, so for context, Pyro left his phone behind in an Uber and given the kind of images that he probably left on there, I think there's already a warrant out for his arrest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the best part is like, he lost it, and you know, I guess if I lost my phone, I'd be worried about my like Google Authenticator or like my auto filling passwords. And his big worry was that he had so much porn on his phone. That is a hundred percent. We're not even <laughs> like, joking. How right? am I that is a hundred percent. How am I right, going to get it back? Yeah. yeah, no. Like, how am I going to get? Like, imagine the amount of money. Like, technically, you know, people worry about losing the money. He's they're yeah, NFTs. He's technically lost like what fifty grand of commissions. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, he's got six figures worth of custom art that's in his camera roll that is not on a Dropbox anywhere because he couldn't possibly like he couldn't even trust the employees of Dropbox to not like <laughs> decrypt it and try yeah. to figure out what this. I told is. him if like someone stole the phone, they most likely they'd just do a factory reset and then pawn it off to somebody. But I, I imagine if someone cracked it yeah. open and they just see his camera roll, they just like kill themselves. <laughs> like this problem yeah, solves it's itself. <laughs> they have a heart attack. What we should do at some point, we should have an episode where we look back at some of the things we've said in the prior episodes, previous episodes, and see what we were right about, what we accurately predicted. I do like how Nerd was finally back, and then Pyra is like, I'm going to vanish into the abyss. Because he didn't watch Nerd's video, he didn't have anything to say, and then he just fell asleep. So, (laughs) What he could have done is watched the video while we were talking about it. (laughs) And maybe interjected something there. <laughs> At least get something in. I don't know. Let's just, let's tell him we lost the recording and we have to do it again. And he has to watch the and video and just, just make him watch yeah. it. <laughs> he still won't watch it, by the way. He still won't. He still won't I mean, to it. his credit, the video came out like when he was still on a flight. <laughs> no credit. No credit. Could have watched it That's on the, the flight. That's the only credit I'm giving him. <laughs> don't give him any credit for anything here. He doesn't yeah, deserve I, it. I will rescind all credit I have given him. In the meantime, subscribe to the Patreon, just $5 a month. Well worth your money, well worth your money here. Uh, We've now got a fully-fledged Minecraft server. Have you played Minecraft before, Nerd? No. That could be the first time for something. (laughs) We do like a big event and it's just teaching you the ropes of Minecraft or something. Or rather like not teaching him anything and just watching him try and work it out for himself. Just tricking me into falling into the yeah. lava and starting over, over and over. That's, over well, that's why I'm barely there because that's all Jay does. He's got <laughs> like also, god powers. Can also joins and I just murder him instantly. Yeah. Nerd, you're back 100 percent now, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. You can stop making your fucking comments. The inmates are not running the asylum any longer. 
Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, that's just what it's going to be now. It's just going to be like the inmates are not running the asylum. <laughs>